What's up, stoners? Welcome back to another episode of That Bud Tender Podcast. I'm your host, Bianca. I am also coming to you live from my bed. It is Sunday, March 28th. We actually have a gorgeous Libra full moon happening this weekend. Perfect time to claim and manifest the type of love that you want in your life. Honestly, it's never a bad time to claim and manifest the type of love that you want. So even if it's no longer a full moon in Libra, just go for it. Actually, I have a little, let's do a little affirmation. (gasps) Our first affirmation on the show, because this is, I just, I love this one. Cosmic RX, I love your daily text messages, your daily affirmations. If you're someone like myself who likes a little pep, and your step to start the day. Let's go. So today our affirmation is, by being my most authentic self, I attract healthy and loving relationships. I am open to a partnership that helps me be the best version of myself. I am at peace with where I am, but also have fire in my veins that desires more. Love is my divine birthright and I claim it now. Claim it. Claim your heart's desires. <laughs> Life's too short. Speaking of loves, I have a lovey, lovey, sweet, sweet boy coming up for you guys. My friend Jordan. He has smoked weed all up and down the West Coast. I really enjoy Jordan. He is currently bud tending over at Calma. Shout out to Calma and everyone over there. Seriously, the loveliest bud tenders. Half of my of my guests have been from over there. So if you do visit LA and you listen to the show, there's so many greats over at Calma. Definitely go check them out. And this is not sponsored, BT Dubs. It's an early Sunday morning. I have no business being up this early considering what time I went to bed, but it's all good. Hopefully my vocal fry hasn't been worse than it usually is. Or maybe you're into that. So yeah, I hope you enjoy. I will talk to you soon. We have so many other great, great episodes coming. Uh, It's been interviews nonstop for me and everyone's just really bringing it. So yay. Okay, without further ado, Mr. Jordan Barnes. I told myself I could smoke this blunt. like Joe's Crab Shack kind of stuff. Or like, you know, the San Pedro Fish Market. It's like that. Have you ever been there? Uh, no. Fuck, I keep forgetting you're not like from around here. <laughs> Shit. I want to take you all these places like so bad. Because especially with like me being so like wanderlusty and wanting, I'm so like just everyday daydreaming about wanting to go like to my beach spots and like all these things, but it's still kind of not like fun to do it yet. Yeah. It's still a little sketchy. You are on the record, by the way. We've started. Sweet. I'm happy <laughs> Sweet. I wouldn't know when to like fluidly start. Namastacy. Am I a Namastacy? I hope to be a Namastacy, honestly. I'm looking at your cute yoga mat in the corner and the flowers and this beautiful lighting and this this is very namaste yeah. 
this is this is top tier namaste oh my god do you want to hear the story about that very quickly i've been wanting to talk to you about how much i love it really i really wish i could make a living version of it it's gorgeous okay so jordan only cares about plants and what he's looking at and referring to right now is basically i have this cherry blossom installation blossom festival looking gorgeous 3D on kind of like a chicken cage vibe. Probably super easy for you to make, actually. It was it was once in the Top Shop Man at the Grove. Oh my gosh, I knew it was some type of POP. Which you is because you know I'm a like little ex retail girl. So I have I used to work at Diesel, the Italian denim. Yes. Yeah, I used to work there. That's like one of my first jobs when I moved to Portland. Okay. And so it was in this really beautiful old building called the Cellar Building in Pearl District. Oh. I think it's called Henry's. There's a brewery attached to it that's okay. like super popular. So in the summer it was bustling. We had a lot of traffic. I was like you know like what 19 like working there. So I used to take home when they used to change out the windows. You would be able to take home some of the cool weird props that you would get nowhere else. This is that. Yeah, yeah. 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 I knew it because I was like either you made this or it's like some type of because it's like. <laughs> so intricate it's chicken wire in the back <laughs> i think there's actually lighting too so i never worked at top shop but guess who did america oh my god and- okay, <laughs> shout out america because she's literally one of my favorite people in la like one of my favorite people she's just the most genuine creative cool little baby girl even though she's older than me i know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm taller than you so i can call you baby girl she is uh, the cutest baby girl i had the biggest girl crush on america when we first I actually, met i actually owe america a big attribute to my return to cannabis because when i lost my job at the cafe oh my god we have to talk about cannabis about things in your house you guys this is what I'm of. i told her coming onto the show that we were just gonna ramble this is what happens i've been locked up let's get back to it okay let's talk about weed let's talk about cannabis and your relationship with it when was the first time you ingested cannabis i I usually ask, like, when was the first time you smoked? And then uh, Sir Irish, who you also work with and love, the first time he did cannabis was an edible. One thing, he'll know what it means. A pretty boy Irish. (laughs) All right, I'm done. Okay. So my first time smoking. Okay, I was honestly not that much of a you know, wild child. I was a little bit of a geeky kind of nerdy kid into like animals and like zoo books and stuff like that. And then, you know, I don't know, I was like kind of was nerdy. And so... I got into botany because my grandparents had a huge garden growing up. And so with cannabis, I had never smoked weed until I moved to Orange County. Um, my family, we were in LA, Wiley County. We lived in Norwalk for a bit. And then I moved to Orange County. I went to Braille into high school. Anyway, so when I moved out of, you know, at that time I was in eighth grade. So I was going to high school. I was, I was moving from my little kind of like elementary life of like riding bikes and having my friends and going to like, you know, get ice cream and stuff. And then went to like this bigger high school where like I was like kind of a little bit more of a minority and like didn't really know that many people but I was really into you know like scene music and like being really like you know intense with the way I dressed and so I met immediately like that group of people kind of like saw me and they were like oh yeah he's definitely gonna be one of us pretty much that's what happened (laughs) I pretty much was like recruited I remember like just being like all right here I am like the new kid and then like a group of kids that kind of looked like me like you know, in terms of our dress, yeah. uh, approached me. <laughs> so, so I found you, friend. you were Lindsay Lohan and Mean Girls, and yeah. they were like, oh "You're with yeah. us." Yeah. No, totally. They're like, "Sit, sit with us," which I loved. But anyway, so obviously these kids were like way more. They had they were used to going to like Big Bear Broad and like snowboarding and all that shit and going to all these places that I like wasn't used to. And so they were already smoking weed and shit. And wow. so my first time smoking was going to my friend's apartment after you know like 
being at school for like a week, I was invited to like someone's house party. So we went to their house party and I remember smoking weed. It was out of an apple, of course, you know, because no one could really afford the glass, legally buy it. Everything was either sour diesel or blue dream, I feel like at that time. I have no, I was not familiar with strains, but just, you know, let's say it was like a sour diesel. I remember being so paralyzed, like my body just being so like, no, I wasn't able to really understand what it was that the being high was. So I would just get like more of like an anxious feeling, you know? So I was a bit traumatized from it and I would do it a little bit more times to see if I would like it. And then I finally got to the point when I got older, I had met, you know, my now husband, Chris, he was already like, you know, experienced in that world. And so I was able to experience like, you know, his friends who are already like, you know, these beautiful like organ women who are like used to going off and trimming and like really knew about cannabis in its wholeness you know what i mean not just like the orange county like yeah let's just party and smoke whatever like i don't know that's just my take on it so when i got to a point where like i got maybe versus like you know me trying it at like what 16 Mm -hmm. and then being 19 or whatever and moving to the northwest and trying it in that sense i feel like i got a more like nice grade of cannabis i think as well like the Mm -hmm. weed's different there i definitely found that out when i was older and working in the legal industry in it Mm -hmm. but yeah, that was the first time I ever smoked weed. And then when I started to learn about it, I feel like it was when I got older and moved and experienced people who actually knew what they were talking about. What took you out to Portland to begin with? Um, my husband. I had met Chris when I was visiting. I have So my family. <laughs> I have a family. Get yeah, it? yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a family. Yeah, yeah. Sure. You know, I have a family. I came from somewhere. <laughs> so my parents, you know, we grew up, like as I mentioned, my like younger life was in Orange County. Uh, and then I would go every summer. To Portland, Oregon, because my mom was there. So I grew up with my father and my stepmother in Southern California, and then I would go see my mother every July. And my friends, this is before Portlandia and before all the filming kind of started in Portland. And so my friends had no idea why I would go. They were just like, what's there? And I was like, it's pretty. There's like the forest and there's like, you know, <laughs> lakes and the river. And so no one really got why I would go there, but that's why I would go. And so when I turned of age, my parents didn't kind of have like the legal agreement for me to go there just because I was just in uni, in college, you know, going to uh, FJC, Fullerton Junior College, for a little bit. My first job, actually, was at the admissions and records office. That's how much of a nerd I was, you guys. Like, I wasn't, you know, <laughs> I was just kind of a good girl. Like, I just didn't do too much. God. I did a lot, but, you know. I don't think I knew that or had put that together, that you and I grew up in a very similar way. I honestly grew up, like, kind of all over. I'm 29 now. My parents had me when they were, like, you know, like, maybe, like, 17, 16. Mm-hmm. So, like... You know, high schoolers. And then um, they, of course, wanted to go to college and do their thing. So my mother, her parents had guardianship of me while they were going to school. So I lived with my grandparents for a bit when I was a kid. And then that was in Oregon. But my parents met in Arkansas. So they, I do have a little bit of Southern roots in that way. My dad's family's all from Little Rock. My mother's family's from like this place called Benton kind of area around there. When they had like, you know, the pregnancy thing and everything, my dad went to USC, like Fulbright scholarship. And she, my mom, of course, encouraged him to go and not like be, do, he wanted to do the small town thing. Like you were pregnant, we have to get married. And you know, Aww, all that. she was yeah. like, nah, bro, you need to go to school and like figure out a way to take care of a kid. <laughs> so, which I'm happy for that. Hey. Shout out mom. Um, and so they did their thing and like, you know, co-parented, you know, the whole time. Mm-hmm. So I grew up between like two very different states and different mm-hmm. like household dynamics. Mm-hmm. And so I moved to California when I was like 12 and I've okay. been here ever since then. Yeah. Yeah, I can relate totally because I was born in New York, moved to the DR when I was nine. My parents split up when I was probably like two or three. Right, right. So I don't really have like those types of family memories all I have we've always had a different dynamic like they remained best friends I don't know what the situation was between your parents necessarily I 
couldn't imagine coming from divorced parents and them not getting along. Yeah, that sounds so sad to me. I'm happy because, yeah, my parents actually have always gotten along. I think as young people, which I'm, I don't know how I would react to them if I was in their situation, but, you know, they were very responsible in the fact that, like, they were like, okay, we're going to, of course, they decided to keep me. I'm happy they did that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> thank, thank you. You know, never has a choice, but thank you. Um, <laughs> And then they, you know, wanted to do the responsible thing and like go to school and try to figure out life for themselves outside of just yeah. having kid, you know, because getting pregnant, of course, you know, as a woman, I'm sure that's a very like <laughs> intense thing. And then being a young woman, of course, that's an intense thing. But being able to make the decisions of what you do with the rest of your life and not having to just be like, well, now I have a kid, so I have to devote everything I have right now to the fact that I'm going to be a mother and not an individual person and mm -hmm. continuing like their education and their like you know, foundation as a person. But I could have never seen them together as people. If they had gotten like together as like teenagers and just like done that because they had a kid, I don't think it would, I would be the person I am today. Right. It would have been a totally different situation, yeah. especially if people aren't happy or aren't feeling like, or feel like you said, like they weren't able to grow and develop as themselves yeah. as individuals. Like that, yeah, you may not be this lighthearted, bubbly, beautiful Aww. person that we see. And that says a lot about your grandparents too, who you grew up with. And going oh back to like, like the botany and cannabis, you very early on developed a relationship with nature that continues now into adulthood and it's actually sustaining you, which is pretty awesome. I would definitely agree with that. Like, it's weird because I kind of had mentioned to you before we started taping how I feel that in the present day, me diving into working in cannabis has been a sort of like enlightening freedom in terms of me being able to pursue the things I really enjoy, which, you know, they're, like I mentioned, I like plants and I like styling and kind of, you know, curation. And when it comes to aesthetics, I just love the way like things look and feel and experiences and having them and kind of curating them. And so weird to say like before pandemic world, I feel like, you know, when I was working not on cannabis and had a very, I used to work in optometry. Mm -hmm. And so I had a very kind of traditional, you know, nine to five situation where I'd go into the lab and do a little bit of work there um, and like help dispense the glasses. I knew, mm -hmm. how, to, I knew how to read like opt optical prescriptions and stuff like that. So I'm very, again, back to the nerdy shit. We're just kind of, I'm a bit of a chameleon in the way where if I am interested in something, I can dive into it wholly mm -hmm. and just try to learn as much as I, you know, can about that one subject mm -hmm. if I'm actually interested in it. But the optometry, it only went so far where I was like, I was mostly doing it because it was a stable job and it provided, you know, security, mm -hmm. but it wasn't, the things I enjoyed, which, you know, are plant rearing and being just like outdoors and really having my hands in the soil and being dirty. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like something that makes me feel connected and grounded and like a, a person like alive. You know, every person hopes they can do things that they, you know, enjoy. Everyone has to, you know, bite the bullet and make their money. Yeah. But it was getting really suffocating. My husband was kind of in his time, like going through a lot of the same, trying to find like the real stuff that made him happy. And like, mm -hmm. we're just trying to like keep our heads afloat. You know, we're in Southern California, it's expensive to live here. You have to figure out your shit. Um, and I had to live with my family when I first moved home because there was like a immediate, unfortunately there was an immediate family death mm -hmm. that brought us back to California. So we were kind of like already in a little bit of like a, a haze. And me working in optometry was again, just a way to kind of keep myself busy, I think. Like avoid the things that were making me anxious or depressed. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know what I was doing for joy anymore. Mm -hmm. I would just be so exhausted and go home and not even have much time to rear my plants that I have. You know, my collection of plants wasn't as illustrious as it looks on my Instagram yeah. prior to <laughs> prior to the pandemic. You'll kind of notice if you were like the stock me and go like four months, you yeah. know, or it's, it was like four months I didn't have the job, you know. So I, that's when I got inspired and started working. But like I said before, that had no time to do it. Mm -hmm. It was more so like you would try to force yourself as a creative to 
accomplish these things. There's only so much you can do mentally and physically when you're like exhausted from your like nine to five. Burnout is real. You know, the burnout and you rest is incredibly important. So it's like, it's hard to sacrifice something that you really need in your day to day in order to like survive in just that nine to five. The mentality of working in that, you know, I'm sure everybody relates to it in their own way. If you have that kind of situation where you have this like, you know, plug in and unplug, plug in and unplug Mm -hmm. schedule and you are creative, Mm -hmm. you are a person who, you know, that's not what you do for joy it's so suffocating and it kind of depletes you as a person and drains you. But, you know, life occurrences happened. The stars aligned the way they did. I just kind of had enough. I was going to actually, it was a week I was going to quit my job. I was actually like talking to my husband about how I was just like so depressed at my job and I just wanted to quit. And he was like, if it's really making you sad, like go for it. But professionally, I think you should do this. And I was always concerned about, of course, keeping my resume is kind of weird because it's like, you know, I worked in retail and worked in like a little bit of, I had an e-commerce job in Portland as well. I worked for this place called Soulstruck, which was like, um, an online shoe retailer. So that was again, fashion and stuff that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. I actually stopped going to college to just work in Portland when I moved. I was going to school for a bit still and like didn't quite know what I wanted to do, but then I got a few jobs that interested me mm-hmm. and they were fun. And I was working in good stuff, you know, that I was kind of interested in, but then the family death happened and brought me back to California. That's when I kind of dived into this little bit of a depressing mm-hmm. period of my life. I should probably also say that. But yeah, a little bit of a depressing period. Yeah. And again, I wasn't, I was smoking weed at this time, but I had actually decided to stop because when I was smoking weed at this time, I don't think I knew what I was smoking, what I was doing, but it was making me more depressed. Mm-hmm. For some reason, like weed at that point in my life wasn't providing me joy mm-hmm. because of where I was, I think mentally. And I didn't really know what I was smoking. So I was probably smoking something that was making me anxious. Yeah. Like, you know, I didn't know like my strains yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was mostly drinking actually at that time, not like in an alcoholic, you know, like driving my car like crazy, but you know, depressed drinking. Like I was like, okay, I'll just have wine and kind of like, you know, talk about my feelings. Mm -hmm. And I feel like now that I like don't drink as much and I more like smoke to like alleviate stress or I've kind of discovered tinctures and edibles and like these different combinations of, you know, cannabinoids that will help you feel better Mm -hmm. rather than just like numb because that's what I feel like a lot of people do with alcohol is like they'll numb themselves because of things like in my case it was like the pressing situation I was in like my job sucked my family was a bit chaotic um before I found like the freedom in working in cannabis because it gave me back what I like because I'm learning about a plant and I'm learning about something that's going to help me with my health because mm-hmm. I really became I think that's where it kind of switched I became more oriented about taking care of myself mm-hmm. mentally physically and then I didn't realize it but cannabis really kicked my ass and like was like okay you can really do it now so like it gave me the energy and the inspiration again to like every day do something creative or do something towards what i want rather than just like sit around and feel a bit sad about things that have happened to you that you're struggling with currently wow that was a rabbit hole fuck i hope you can edit the shit (laughs) 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 Woo, tahoe cookies who who grew this who are we smoking so i am so i live in long beach by the way I live in Long Beach with my husband, Chris, and then I commute into West Hollywood to work at Kalma, which is a new dispensary. It just opened in July. I love it because it's wellness oriented, which again, I just said I'm into the learning about more of the wellness attributes from cannabis than just like the fun, stony, psychoactive 
part of it. Anyway, yeah, the tall cookies, I bought it from a local dispensary called The Green Room. They are <laughs> off of 7th in Long Beach. Shout out to them because the girl, her name is Jordan too. She sold it to me. Her name is Jordan. Oh my God, I could actually shout out a bartender. <laughs> Jordan, happy St. Patrick's Day. She sold me. I was like, girl, I don't have this much cash because I was like, I need to get to this like, interview. I'm running late. I only have this much cash. Like, help me. By the way, that's why bartenders are amazing because they like do this thing, these crazy things for you. Yes. If you're just like, fucking help me, they'll be like, all right, bitch, I'll help you. Yeah. <laughs> If you're nice to them, be nice. Right. So shout out Jordan at the Green Room yeah. in Long Beach on 7th because she helped me today. I was like, I need a little like, you know, situation to bring to this interview. And so I got, it's by the pharmacist, it's called Treat and it's a single pre-roll and it's the Tahoe Cookies. Wow. I told her that my strains, she gave me options and Tahoe Cookies I've had before, really nice indica, yes. like euphoric, getting back to what I like. Yeah. Do you like this? I do really like this. Actually, I Cookies and any like phenotype from like a Girl Scout cookie is I discovered that too. love, 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 love. So Tahoe cookies, we talked about Pure Beauty has that Tahoe pie. Yes. That's phenomenal. Love them. Oh. Yeah. Any kind of cookies, I'm definitely a fan of. I like purples. I know some people don't fuck with purples because they think it's like not strong enough, but I've always just felt really good off of it. So again, going back to like smoking to feel good versus just to get stoned. Although I do miss like when you were talking about being paralyzed that first time, yes, I miss okay. jelly legs. Oh, I gosh. want jelly legs. Okay. I will say, cause I made it sound like I was like, what was me? I could not handle cannabis back in the day, which is not the, I used to, you know, I eventually grew a little bit of tolerance for it, but I never truly enjoyed it until I knew what the fuck I was smoking. Damn. Yeah. I was like, bitch, I don't want a fucking XJ, no fucking, you know, <laughs> give me an anxiety, like heart attack. I want my little cookies or like, you know, well, cookies, like you said, like they're usually like, you know, a little sativa, a little hybrid, a little, you know, a little bit of both qualities normally, right? Mm-hmm. It's a Girl Scout cookie, right? That's more yeah. of like uh, a good hybrid that I always like. But I feel like the more heavy, sedating combination of flour mm-hmm. is what makes me feel more like a normal person. Because I'm so high energy and very, <laughs> you know, I'm listening to this fucking interview, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm so all over the page that it's hard for me to really uh, um, smoke a sativa yeah. unless I'm really like hung over or like super just tired or like, you know, I need to really wake up. That's yeah. when I've, I've found that I enjoy like those more like buzzy strains. Mm-hmm. Um, but normally I'm, I need to be sedated. I need to be like knocked out. Yeah. I need to sleep. <laughs> You're like, I need to fucking relax. Um, speaking of bud tenders and the dispensary, so after the cafe closed, you've ended up over at Calma, which is a beautiful shop in West Hollywood, like you said. What have been some of your favorite moments, favorite dispensary moments thus far? Favorite dispensary moments at the current job? At Calma's? Sure. At Calma's? At Calma's? If you have some from the cafe. Because, girl, the cafe was like, the cafe was like a whole reality show. I mean, if you remember, by all means, please. I will. Okay, so I want. I want to make a little bit. Okay, I'm gonna harness myself back into like what I was supposed to be talking about. Okay, so I would like to say, like, when I started working at the cafe, when I got there, I met you, bitches. I met all of you. You know, I met everybody. Yeah. And so, and I learned from you guys, and so that's that's Mm -hmm. where I really got my bank of knowledge was just from working with such a diverse group of people, which I would have never met. I would, I would have never, I think, encountered you guys outside of my own social circle mm-hmm. if I wasn't working in cannabis. It just introduced me to such a diverse, cool, and, like, bustling, every age group people, which is the core, I think, of, like, what cannabis is, is, like, you know, the culture behind it is supposed to be more, like, loving and bringing you together and finding, you know, like, just us having this conversation is great, you know? But 
and it, you know, smoking weed makes it a little bit more fun <laughs> and uh, interesting. But me working at the cafe, I met so many different people and learned so many different things about you know what they liked about cannabis, what they didn't like about cannabis, and like, or I'm like, you know, I I feel this way, and someone would be like, oh well, you need to you know up your your intake mm-hmm. of like you know this, or you just start looking for strains that are more like this, and then actually le- learning from the farms. Like we had so many different farms at the cafe, mm-hmm. um, with you know the vast menu we had. Yeah. <laughs> there was so much to like experience and learn. Um, another thing I'm going to say that I really appreciated was a lot of samples. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was given a lot of samples from the farms, and that's what makes me learn the most and also i'm not going to sell it well i'm the kind of person that's not going to shit you out i'm not going to sell you anything that i don't actually like yeah. i will literally be like yo this isn't you know for me it's not great but you might like it i will give you an honest opinion because i would hate to s- sell someone something or you know give them an opinion that was just like a ah, yeah sure and then they hated it yeah. you know that we, i'm too i'm too much of a sweetheart where i care about people like that <laughs> i actually want them to have a good time all right because <laughs> teach their own karma but um with that being the case I learned so much at the cafe that um, when I was off work for four months because of COVID and got into my gardening and came back into cannabis because of Calma, I had a kind of a pre-existing knowledge of like things in cannabis, strains that I learned in that fast track time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then being at Calma, what I like the most about it is they do have a lot of more like the wellness products in the wellness world like if you really most people do come in just for the top shelf flower and these really like popular farms like you know the canatique and mm-hmm. um everything from connected of course sells well for us but there's so much more outside the flower table there's like mm-hmm. you know the tinctures there's stuff for your animals like the vet cbd yeah. there's so many things for people who i think just because of the stigma of cannabis or their experience of what they know about weed they're scared to try it but in our space because it's so like pretty mm-hmm. and a little bit more okay this kind of looks like an apple store this kind of looks like you know a little beauty shop and my plants you know i put my plants in the window because they are a little bit more of like a you know having real i think having real plants in a space definitely makes it feel more healthy and alive because it is actually helping clean the air and all that but it just brings people's eye to the shop and so yeah. people are kind of like very curious about what it is they know it's a cannabis shop we have weed leaves on the window but they don't quite know so when they come in they're curious and then that's when i feel like i'm given the opportunity where i'm like okay hey like you know it's just what do you know what do you know like what do you want out of this experience mm-hmm. kind of really asking those questions and people open up if you don't do that i feel like they don't really um trust you or give you their honest opinion so you can sell them the things that they would need mm-hmm. i've learned like I've, I've sold a lot of um like cbn products mm-hmm. and like cbd especially in the last year because everybody was like stressed out and i couldn't yeah. sleep <laughs> and yeah. i mean i personally learned about you know like the benefits of taking like a cbn tincture like a full spectrum one um i think the one that i took was cut with i think it's mct oil it's, it's got fatty oil to help it absorb mm-hmm. and even just learning about those kind of elements helped me help other people because then I'm like, okay, this is what I'm anxious or I was going through this is helping me. And people are like, well, that's exactly what I'm going through. But they're like drinking about it or having some kind of pharmaceutical, like, you know, prescribed sleeping pill for it. That's, you know, I'm sure it's going to do the job, but it's probably not the best for you. And cannabis, I think with it coming, becoming more in your face and available in a good way, people can actually like dive into it and not get over the stigma and help themselves, help other people, their family, Mm -hmm. you know live well the better i think that it's just this it's priceless it's priceless the amount of information that you gain when you're in a space like that when you're working when it's your job to like know this shit to guide people it really is like a well of knowledge we're spoiled on the west you know it's because you're from new york we're spoiled you know remember i'm a west coast girl i grew up from oregon to to california so i since 2015 
you know, go go buy it and not have to have a weed man for a while. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, if I really wanted to in the legal spectrum, like, go buy cannabis and be, like, on the ends about it or whatever, I could mm-hmm. since I've been of legal age to do so. And I think that's also changed the experience because that's – I was a foot and foot out. I used to be able to, like – I used to have, like, a really personal relationship with the person who I used to buy from. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Again, I'm not, I wasn't, like, deep into the industry, so I used to have, like, a person that I used to – in that way like yeah you're gonna like this take this mm-hmm. and then i mostly started going to shops and i didn't know anything and i had these people who were like were more like commercial people selling weed to me mm. uh fuck i'm so like confused about what we're talking about i'm so stone still <laughs> <laughs> no but i actually you bring something up i'm curious do you think you could ever live in a city where you no. couldn't purchase weed God, legally because no. like i could see you doing really well in new york loving new york mm-hmm. but like obviously you would be going back to a city i mean who knows for how long hopefully they'll change their ways sooner than later but like even the greatest city in the world new york city and you can't buy weed legally like does that deter you i think well i think in general just me as a person I have talked about this with my husband too. I was like, you know, if there's anywhere in the United States like where you'd want to live outside of California, he's from Seattle. You know, I, we spent some time in Portland together. Um, I asked him where it would be, and like we of course said New York, or we could maybe, maybe live in like like do another tropically kind of place like Miami. I was like, yeah. just because I was like, I like the idea of it being chaotic. I was like, we could do a few chaotic years in Miami, right? We at our point in our lives. I think what we want as people, and like you know, me being married and stuff like that. You're thinking as a as a unit. Mm-hmm. Um, we both also benefit from the medicinal aspect of cannabis mm-hmm. you know we both do like so i think if we were to live in an environment where we would be like more hushed up about that or potentially get in trouble by the law because of that mm-hmm. we just really could never imagine doing that it just doesn't really suit us as like the type of people we are or like the community we want to live in and i feel like i'm we're kind of guilty of like living in a bubble almost where we're like we're so lucky to have like you know a bit of the progression and the community that it's created like you know me even just describing how happy i am to be given this avenue i am so privileged in that way mm-hmm. there's so many people who don't have this very like for lack of better words like almost like fantasy like you know mm-hmm. um opportunity yeah. which really is how i feel that i'm so fucking grateful that i'm like where i'm at i'm so very happy with what i am able to do and kind of expand upon like i have choices and I work in cannabis mm-hmm. and it's not something I think of as being taboo or a problem. I literally forget that it's a problem mm-hmm. <laughs> like for, for some right. people. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the fact that I'm even privileged in the way that like, I can just live like that is mm-hmm. so, yeah, I don't know. I just couldn't live without it. I feel the same exact way. Like, I really don't know if I could go back to a state or a city where it would be anything but extremely accessible and, and people having um, access to all the information that we have now. Mm. I'm curious, just because you've been all over, your favorite weed, Where which city is it from? Oh, Seattle, God. Portland, or LA? In my opinion, I love California, but you know, Oregon and Seattle, if you guys have never been there, beautiful spots in their own. And like me and my husband, before everything happened, we took a road trip, actually. I think you probably remember that. I dipped out of the cafe and I was gone for, like, mm-hmm. the holiday. You went to, no, you went to New York. But you I went to New York. remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But I was like, bye, girl. Happy we Christmas. Both were like, yeah. We both were like, all right. Happy we're... holidays. Little do we know. Little do we know. Good thing we put those two weeks in. We were oh, like, oh, <laughs> we were like, 
we're out here. We're going to the club. Merry Christmas, y'all. Yeah, that's uh, so true. But anyway, so we did a road trip, you know, so we were like, and again, we had been working like a lot and like kind of going through the year we had had, um, which was a good year before, you know, it was 19, right? Yeah. And so we went up to, to Seattle to see his family because I have family in Portland and his family's from Seattle. So we kind of like drove up and of course we had weed in the car. So we, we bloated up in California. We yeah. had our things that we got from the cafe, but then getting up into Oregon and buying stuff at that dispensary. I was just like, wow, well, of course the taxes are different. Like the availability of strains are different, but I, I found so, I think in Oregon, I found so many more strains. Like there were so many different, like cool ones. And the way their menus were set up were like vast. I visited, I, I grew up in kind of, um, uh, the, well, the area that Chris and I lived rather was kind of in like the Northeast part of Portland. Mm -hmm. So there was a shop we used to always go to. This one had a, the joints and stuff were like, you know, like $7, but they were like premium weed. Wow. Like, you know, it's. And there wasn't the kind of, um, I think, biasness on the menus, mm. or at least at this one, where it wasn't as like, of course, everyone has like their top shelf, crazy, crazy, like popular stuff. Yeah. But there, I remember it being, as, me as a consumer, I was just like, wow, there's just, like so many options of pre-rolls and I can try all these different strains and really know what I want. Mm. And so in Portland, I found one. There was a strain that I can't fucking find anywhere else. Maybe it will help me. Okay, that? so, damn it. What was it? It was, okay, so... Uh, Cherry AK forty seven. Oh yeah. 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 Is that like a like a really really like commonly normal one? Um. It was like cherry AK forty seven, and there was a papaya punch. Yeah. Yes. Honey, I'm pretty sure cream of the crop. I know oh, cream of the yes. crop does a we papaya punch for sure. Yeah. Um, I was gone for a little bit. I was on vacation. I was in the desert, you know. And we're back, <laughs> so I'm excited to go see what we got. Because I know we just picked up Wonder Bread, which I love. Pink Picasso. Oh, oh yes. Okay. Wonder Let's just Bread. name them. Let's just name them. Let's just name them. Wonder Bread, Pink Picasso. Yes. Hey, fire. fire. Creative as fuck. Like no anxiety. We smoke the same. We like. The okay. Same okay. Uh, Terraform Genetics. They're Terra. It's called Terra um, Mints. I haven't had. So Terraform Genetics is a is a farm that we carry, but I've been impressed with their selection because they have such like unique like crosses. If I'm not mistaken, um, the Terra Mints was like a Bubba Kush OG with like uh, I can't exactly remember them, but it was like you know another really kind of heavy mm -hmm. like indica leaning strain. And the flower they give you like four point two grams instead of three point five. And I think it retails for like 65 bucks, you know? Okay. It's not that bad for That's being like, you know, a little bit extra yeah. and like just something that is so well, like, bred. It's just such mm -hmm. good flour. Yeah. Um, love them. And then another one that was really standout for me as of recent that I've tried was, I think they're called LA Family Farm. Yeah, LA Family Farm. Yes. Uh, they had really beautiful Oreos. Gorgeous and really like elating and just like fun to smoke. Mm. Yeah. Mwah. But the, the, the ones I couldn't find that I had experienced in the Northwest when I was traveling was that Papaya Punch and that Cherry K-47. And then we got to Seattle, again, another city that recently got weed. I was in Portland, mind you, little side note, when weed was legalized in 2015. Mm. I actually did a cool little photo shoot for, um, at the time, it was called The Potlander. Oh, I, uh, I had a friend, shout out Alyssa Walker. <laughs> she worked uh, for the Willamette Week, which is a local newspaper in Portland. Okay. And so they had put out like a whole like guide to the city of cannabis. Like, and so I did like a whole film shoot with like my friends around like doing like, you know, cute little like things. Wow. And so and I, I was pretty proud of it. Yeah. And so that was my first like cannabis job, honestly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, it was interesting because I got to kind of like see all this exciting like overnight stuff happening with mm. cannabis so i was kind of used to like it being like that in la it's very different it's still like really cool of course but it's very different you know in the yeah. terms of like the availability and what you can get and like kind of i think the people too are yeah. different and in, in cannabis city to city mm. of course like with everything totally. yeah 
Yeah, even from like LA to Long Beach, I'm sure there's a difference. Seattle was more of that. Like I forgot, I talked about Portland, not Seattle. Seattle had also good variety. Mm -hmm. Um, In Seattle, I had purchased this pack. I'm really big on packaging, by the way, because I'm I fancy myself like a little upcycler, like by heart. I just want to like keep that going and try to minimize my waste. So I always reuse the nice like you know pre-roll packs and the tubes. I like will pre-roll my cannabis and put them back in there. Because it's just, why the fuck throw it away if they're nice? I have something for you that, Yeah, that's the case. There's, I, okay, I'll, I'll take them. I'll you. take them off you. What are you looking for? My lip chat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking so much. That my He's talked so much but... that his, she chapped his lips. Oh okay, my I'm God. Okay, we took a little chap lip break we because these babies were chapped so we are back we also got a second round of our guava mimosa we are ready to go jordan yes what would you say is the craziest thing a uh, patient has done thus far in your career okay the craziest though i think the the most uh, more so not so crazy i haven't had anyone do something too too crazy to me but more so like oversharing or very personal because being a bud tender just like being a hairstylist or you know, or being like that kind of intimate relationship with the person for like a couple minutes, mm-hmm. you, if it goes on more longer than a couple minutes, it just becomes almost like a therapy session or just like, uh, okay, look, this is the real thing that I'm trying to accomplish, which I love. I'm always trying to crack that shell. Mm-hmm. And I find it nice that I've, you know, I think oftentimes people find me comforting in that way. And they're only seeing me like from my eyes up, you know, I'm kind of like a mysterious figure, <laughs> you know? And so if they uh, dig the way my, I look with my style or whatever, they usually like talk to me like a little bit more like real. And so I had a woman, she, I think she was Brazilian. She had a kind of like really beautiful accent. Um, and she had a husband who was kind of this like playboy style dude who had, you know, they had a very nice like sports car, like Maserati style outside. And um, um, she was like, okay, well he wants this, like he loves this and, uh, and she was kind of, you know, in her, um, you know, our language divide explains to me like what she wanted to accomplish. And yeah. I was taking it really slow and kind of like, just like, oh, does he, you know, want something for sleep? Or she's like, I want something for him to sleep. She's kind of basically telling me that he stays up so much all the time because he's a producer and that he's like with his work, he's always up and he can't sleep. And then that she doesn't smoke anything, but she wants something to help her with anxiety. Okay. And so I was like, so you're anxious and he's a party boy. All right. And so you're just like wanting to him to be sedated a bit, but you want something to kind of like chill you out. I was like, all right, you're a CB diva we're gonna get you uh we're gonna get you on a, a little like you know low dose tincture a little a little gummy um and she was totally into it she bought both options that i provide i think i actually suggested that she did the um i suggested that she at the time we had the care by design gummies the 20 to i think it was like a 20 to 1 ratio so really nice like high cbd like just kind of mood neutralizing nice mm-hmm. little spike in anonymidin you know yeah, yeah yeah so she was like into that and then her husband after a while i was like so what's his sleeping schedule like like what's why can't he sleep and she's like all right basically she was like cocaine <laughs> I was like, ah, all right all right sweetie all right so i was like he's gonna have a few problems <laughs> so i was like all right sis and so when she told me that little uh, dish of you know real tea i was really able to help her like find the products that both of them would need and i i was happy she loved happy she was like super stoked gave me a good review <laughs> Oh my god, that's so fucking funny. That is amazing. Cocaine. I mean, yeah, you ain't going to sleep. For a little Fendi bag, just kind of like, oh, you know, cook. <laughs> it's Hollywood, baby. Um, I do want to ask you something, though, because you did, you mentioned it briefly. Your style. Who would you say are some of your style, like, fashion um, inspirations? Yeah, I know, of course. I feel like, so, style for me. 
I feel like, you know, everyone has their kind of like go-to things. But for me, I kind of dress to my mood. Mm. Like when I get dressed, I kind of more so feel like this is like my little bit of like my armor for the day like kind of how like if I feel like mm. if I ever feel really crappy I always dress up if I feel crappy I'll like put on like the boots that I like and kind of wear like you know it's not my sweatpants I'll put on like my cool jeans that I altered or whatever you know yeah. and kind of have this more like okay this is me for, like today you know we're, I wear my chains for you, yeah. <laughs> wear, you, know? you <laughs> yeah yeah this is me being like you know she, she's going to the city <laughs> she's yeah she's leaving the beach she's going to the city to see a friend right yeah. so yeah with my personal style I feel like I use it as a way to also you know, express who I am as a person. And I think, you know, with me being interested in botany and interested in a lot of vintage kind of pieces, mm. I think I, I draw a lot of inspiration from more like periods, like mm. more so than, of course, like, you know, I appreciate like historic figures like, like Jimi Hendrix or, yeah. um, you know, like David Bowie or, you know, Mick Jagger, like those kind oh, of like yeah. more feminine, masculine, like style icons. Mm -hmm. I definitely relate to because I feel like for me, I was raised by a lot of like really amazing women and like I have a lot of you know affinity as being a gay dude you know of course like dudes but like you know I also feel like as a man I can also like see the things that are very like horrible about us and like yeah. they kind of bother me in that way because I'm so like in tune with my feminine side as well mm -hmm. so I feel like with my outside of my, my outside style I'm a bit like right in the middle you know what I mean so I think that I like dressing a bit more I would, I'm not opposed to wearing a woman's, woman's jacket or like, you know, I don't think of it as being that way. I'm more mm -hmm. so like, does this look good in me or fit like what I'm trying to portray for the day? Like right. in my like outfit, right? Yeah. And I just, that's how I gather so many like pieces of clothing. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I do do alterations to clothing. I've become this kind of, I've had this like project, this big like, you know, big idea where I want to like take all these pieces that I can't like really like sell or anything because they're kind of like crappy and it wouldn't really mean anything to anyone but me mm. but I like alter them slowly over time just like as I get inspired and then eventually I'll kind of like do some type of pop-up or like listing and have this you know collection of things that mean something but in the meantime I'm kind of living in them like you know the ones that are like, the jackets and stuff I'll like you know wear it and kind of get inspired and like change it yeah and that's just kind of how I see like style and so I look so different all the time. <laughs> I get so bored with like my hair or like, you know, mm. I'll like ch change it or like whatever. So mm. um, when it comes to being inspired, I'm constantly inspired by like new people. But if it's, to, I'd say right now, if you're also saying someone about, you could really relate to like a person, like a name, like in fashion that I'd be really inspired by. There's a brand called Telfar. They're out of New York, actually. Ah. Black owned, baby. Nice. Um, my husband and I are big fans of Telfar because their aesthetic is this kind of like really nice, like um, not biased on like gender or like mm -hmm. traditional masculine roles or feminine roles and they have a lot of like cool takes on silhouettes like they'll mm -hmm. have like you know like it's like a varsity shirt but it's like cropped and altered with this really beautiful graphic and kind mm -hmm. of pieced together with another piece which i it's kind of like the whole thing is a story in itself like like i said it's kind of mm -hmm. like a an armor or like a um like a piece of art mm -hmm. yeah and so i like them but they're kind of streetwear and they've done a lot of like kind of stuff that's getting them more popular and I just like to see like new brands coming in because everyone's like oh high fashion's only like Dior or Chanel mm -hmm. or like all the old fashioned houses which of course yeah. are iconic in their own ways problematic in their own ways but it's fun to see these new people who are creative and getting acknowledged especially people of color yes. Cool. yes yeah fashion baby <laughs> <laughs> I think that I mean the fact that you said like yes those old houses fashion houses are iconic but still problematic is so real and it just like, 
It's like in Hollywood. I don't know. It's like you see the same producers, the same directors and music. You see, I mean, think about all the creative fucking people out there that are talented musicians. I'm sure Ariana Grande is not the only bitch who could sing like Ariana Grande. That's so, you know, cookie cutter. But you are seeing cracks in that. You are seeing cracks in that a lot. It's slowly becoming just like everyone's like, yo, I want to fuck with somebody who's new Mm -hmm. and has a new sound. And it's nice to see that because you haven't really seen that since, you know, Aaliyah, Timbaland, Missy, when they first were... Like, those kind of people, you know, like, in terms of being like, oh, Aaliyah. Let's talk about Aaliyah. <laughs> That's Aaliyah. one of my biggest yeah. style icons, honestly. Style Aaliyah. Icon, Aaliyah yeah. is, like, one of my biggest style icons. Like, the proportions, the sexuality, mm-hmm. like, just, like, the mystique of, like, who she was as a person. Tragically died so young. But, like, so, that, like, energy as a person mm-hmm. and, like, in terms of, like, being, like, okay, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to wear these baggy-ass clothes even though I'm a sexy mm-hmm. little thing. I'm going to wear these baggy-ass yeah. clothes because this is how, like, having that swagger and still being sexy through like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, like, that's inspiring to me. Like, well, I feel like there would be no Rihanna if there was no Aaliyah. There would be no Beyonce. there would be no Billie Eilish. There would be no, you know what I mean? And making yeah. this, like, high, that streetwear high fashion. And, and you're seeing the cracks in the music industry, and I think right. you're seeing the cracks because of SoundCloud. I think any cracks that we're seeing in these, like, just like monstrosities of industries that have taken over it's because of the internet it's because of social media it's because now we have now you in LA can with your husband can look at this place in New York you know and like and and support it and because they are in alignment with what you value and there's a moral compass behind it there's not just major fashion houses stealing fucking patterns from indigenous still communities happening. still, still happening. happening that's the unfortunate part about you you still got like you know with the rise of people's big ideas there's still like the bigger companies that have the funding to take it from you and mm-hmm. try to pretend like it's their own which is you know with any person but if you just keep working creatively like it pushes through and it's cool to see that happening across you know the world it's not just yeah. you know in the u.s or new york la whatever but it's cool to see it everywhere but having the, the accessibility to it through the internet has been such a good tool and accessibility to the internet also with cannabis like mm-hmm. i've learned just through because you know the marketing kind of like ban you have on cannabis like you can't like even have like a billboard like right like for like your cannabis brand or whatever i mean certainly you can't have like a national billboard or like a national commercial um because it's still federally illegal so you will have that taken down like we see some billboards and things like that out here but that even that medium it's so new like that only begun after maybe like 2017 2018 kind of a really funny example um i was in orange county with my husband and my family my dad specifically lives in orange county so me and my husband drove out to go see him in orange county they have not a lot of spin dispensaries like we have in la it's very different it's very much so like a delivery service kind of situation where you still got like you're kind of like you know like here and there kind of uh no yeah kind of on the hush shops right and so um and I was driving through, and I'm always looking at the billboards, and I was riding as a passenger, my husband was driving. I was looking um, at the billboards, and there was this billboard that just said Hyperwolf, and it was yellow, and the, the actual font choice was cool. So I was like, hmm, that's kind of chic. Like, what is that? And then it was just, I was curious enough. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, this day, I was just, I had two things mentally noted. I, was, I kept thinking about them, not forget, because I had seen some kind of weird ad for aqua cremation, and I was like, what the fuck is that? Lord. And I was like, I need to look up aqua cremation. But before aqua cremation... <laughs> It was the, on my mind. I was like, okay, Hyperwolf. And so I was like, Aqua Commission, Hyperwolf. I got home and I looked up Hyperwolf first because I was like, Aqua Commission is probably going to be a whole thing. Yeah. Hyperwolf is probably like some cute little boutique or shop. And so I looked it up and it was a cannabis delivery service. But the only way that they were really like promoting themselves is just by being this chic, really nice billboard because they can't really say the specifications of what they do because there's, I'm sure in Orange County, they're not allowed to. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to have 
you know, this, you're trying to like, you know, work in cannabis and expand your particular, you know, footprint in it. Mm-hmm. And you can't even, you know, have that more, that much of an identity. You kind of have to stand out with your creativity, which is also cool. Mm-hmm. But again, not every brand in the world, you know, with pharmaceuticals, you can do what the fuck you want. <laughs> but uh, exactly. Like, I'm like, yeah, I got it. Like, it's more conservative, conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we're here with the tax money, y'all. I'm not. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I get it. It's a more conservative community down there. But I'm sure those same people are also going to their doctors and being like, hey, I watched this commercial the other day because now it's just designer drugs. Like we get to go to our doctors and and ask what to be prescribed rather than be told what we need. And I believe it's here and New Zealand are the only two countries in the world that allow for that shit. But you're telling me I can't put a fucking billboard up that just says like, I deliver weed. Like, come on. Okay. I want to move into our second to last segment, which is going to be the Rhea. Rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I'm ready for it. You chew this grape. Okay. <laughs> chew your grape. Yes. Enjoy. Mm. All right. I'm ready. Okay. Favorite word for cannabis? Flower. Love it. Love it. Favorite. Oh, you actually answered a bunch of the brands already and products okay. that you're into. You're ahead of it. All I do. All I do what I'm saying it's just a bit slow at the shop. All I'm doing, I'm not trying to like suck up to the bosses. I'm just reading, reading about the brands and about the stuff. And that's how I know. <laughs> okay. So, fa- oh, I got one. Favorite stoner movie of all time. Smiley Face. Yeah. Anna Ferris. Yes. Smiley Face with Anna Ferris. The most trans. Yeah. Like, oh, chef's kiss. Chef. Watch it. Chef's Kiss, kind of like unknown, a little obscure. It's, it's like it's a cult. It's a cult classic. Yeah, no, it definitely stands up. And I'll tell you right now, you can find it on Amazon Prime. Okay. Hey. Um, favorite music to listen to when you're stoned? Ooh, I would say. Damn it! This is hard. Okay, I have a playlist right now, and I listen to lots like some rocker. Like, a lot of kind of, like, moody... It's kind of funny, because even though I'm, like, totally happy in my life, like, nothing's wrong with me, I always listen to, like, a lot of, like, good, like, sad breakup music. Like, I'm really, like... I'm really drawn to... Oh, I also like this artist. Her name's Karolina Polachek. I think that's how you say her name. There's a song she has called So Hot, You're Hurting My Feelings. It's, like, one of my favorite songs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I kind of like that kind of arty... Like, that little art girl kind of, like, you in know... Feels. Yeah, music. <laughs> and, and also a little bit of, like, sad girl rap. Like, I like that. Yes. We were both jamming out to Caliucci's we before yeah. we started this. I love that. Yeah. Yes. It's so good. That's like my favorite see, song I right now. I speak Spanish and I'm actually kind of learning Spanish just so I can like like sing her songs. Yes. <laughs> I'll teach you. Thank you. Yeah, we'll do Gracias. It. De nada. Um, okay. If heaven exists, which I think it does, what is going to be your top shelf strain? If heaven exists... My top shelf strain. I think I would, I would, I'm going to stick to it being Wonder Bread, the Pink Picasso. That's one of my absolute favorite highs. Just euphoric. If I could have that in like a little field of flowers, a little like place to explore for eternity, I'm happy. <laughs> I love that. That's your heaven. Okay, very quickly. Mary Fuck Kill, flower concentrate edible. <sighs> Mary Fuck Kill, flower. Okay, Kill, I would say, sorry if you guys love it, XJ13 gives me so much fucking anxiety. No, you can't pick a strain. Oh, wait. You have to, it's flower, either you're going to marry, fuck, or kill all of the flower, 
all of the concentrates or all of the edibles. Oh, oh my god, I'm so bad at these games. Okay, <laughs> so Mary fucker kill all the. Okay, I would say honestly, concentrates. Sorry, I'm not a huge concentrates consumer. I'm sure that there's you know. But I just don't enjoy it as much. Yeah. I love it. I've, I've become actually working cannabis. I've become so much more um, into edibles, mm. even more so than flour. I'm trying to stop smoking as much flour because it's kind of hard in my throat. I smoke yeah. like a little bit too much and it kind of makes me feel a little bit gnarly. Mm. Um, so I like I enjoy smoking pre-rolls rather than smoking out of a, out of a um, glass. But when it comes to edibles, I enjoy the high because it's a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of like microdose if you want throughout the day. If you're kind of like, you know what I mean? Right. There's a lot more of control over it. Oh my God, your cat's beautiful. She just came out of the blanket. I'm an essential worker, but I'm lucky that I've been in good health throughout yes. this whole pandemic. Yeah. I feel very privileged in that way, but I'm still trying to like smoke. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, I'm trying to be good and smoke less and ingest it a little right. bit more. You're basically sacrificing yourself for the community mm-hmm. is what you're saying. You're doing it for us and we appreciate the work you do. You're doing God's work. So I'm so happy that I'm able to contribute by helping people feel sane by slinging them away. Yes. Okay, and now for our final segment. Okay. It's called Call Your Plug. It's time for you to plug any platform you wish our listeners can follow you at or anything that you want to share, anything you want to plug. Yes, okay. So I have a big hope to kind of, you know, with my all my interests, with, you know, my, my botany, my styling, my, you know, fashion, I'm going to kind of like consolidate it all into a little service slash website, right? Mm-hmm. I need to like become a more fluid artist. <laughs> so yeah. so uh, you can follow my Instagram because that's where I post literally, I guess it's kind of like a, I have a kind of a photo diary one that attaches to my main account. Mm-hmm. That's where I share everything that kind of inspires me right now and what I'm doing in cannabis, what I'm doing with like art, what I'm doing mm-hmm. with my like upcycling uh project all that stuff yeah like the little terrariums that i make and stuff you can kind of see in there and i'm gonna i also retail some things like i'm gonna start selling a bit more uh like plants and things like that doing pop-ups with a few friends i do a bit of collaborations with other creatives within my community in long beach and then also i'm hoping to do more of that in la as like the restrictions get lifted here and everybody's you know getting back to being a little bit more social this is literally the most fun i've had in like ages because i haven't like really been able to go crazy that's why this interview is so chaotic you guys i haven't been able to like speak with anyone and have this giggly stony time in a long time so uh, yes. yeah the plug my instagram did i say it yeah okay it's j-a-y-g-u-i-l-d j-guild and it's a period and two under dashes it's a little like you know a little abbreviated situation but it's <laughs> j-guild on instagram I, my name is jordan but i go by j for short and then i haven't changed my last name but, is your last name guild yeah my husband's last name i'm taking it so i'll be at guild soon i'm barnes right now i'll become a new person so if you want to figure out who i am in the future and see my art that's really keep up with me right now <laughs> do so the i love the hand dyed stuff you're doing you brought me the cutest freaking socks today i can't oh, wait to wear them it's been chilly Socks so I best. need them, yeah. So I call it cozy core. Cozy so have, core? Yeah, the ethos of my brand is to like, you know, again, I said I kind of dress to my mood and to feel good. Yeah. And so with the little things I'm doing, they're kind of like everyday basics. Like the thing I'm wearing now, like mm-hmm. I've been kind of like promoting as being like a dress. It can be, it's, it is like an item that I've created that's already in existence. I just kind of like took my little fingerprint on it mm-hmm. and you can do what you will with it. But I kind of style it to like show people how I would do it. Yeah. But with the socks, I call it cozy core because it's like a comfy feeling. You know what I mean? It's like, and it, it's, the pandemic and me kind of starting my whole like little fashion brand thing. Yeah. Uh, I was so cozy. I was only wearing like, you know, I was wearing like boring things, but I wanted to make them look cool. So, yeah. 
<laughs> so that's where the cozy core that's what my hashtag is going to be cozy core hashtag cozy core yeah apparently um lounge no, <laughs> oh can i get my can i get it over my butt yes. just keep that in mind stretch like this so it's like a little <laughs> so the look the look for like the thick mamas is more uh, yes. of like a bike short okay like yes a, yes it's like a, kind of like an 80s like yeah, yeah. This thick, no, this thick mama would do that with the with the bike shorts for sure. Bike shorts, I I'm you know what, I don't give the Kardashians and Jenners much credit, but I do appreciate uh, them bringing thinking, bike shorts I'm back. More, I'm thinking more like uh, paparazzi shots of like Princess Diana, oh. <laughs> like that vibe. Love. Oh my god, even better. Yes, I'm fucking deleting whatever I said just before. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you so much for being here. Thank you for the flower. Thank you for literally all the flowers, the terrarium. I have a beautiful one now. Go check out um Jordan AKJ Guild dot underscore underscore yes, <laughs> um because there's just a variety of fun stuff happening. I Please. Just, I started, oh my god. I just started TikTok. I'm cool now. <laughs> It's the same thing on TikTok. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> to, to being cool. Right? To being modern and cool. That's the show. Thank you for listening to another episode of That Bud Tender Podcast. Follow me at The Stone Journalist. Follow the show at That Bud Tender Podcast. Like, share, subscribe, and keep getting high, my babies. <laughs>